0: Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every single week we gather here because we need a girlfriend. And I bet that there are some folks that come around this table with us every week and say, yes, yes, I need to know that I'm not walking through life feeling the way I'm feeling all by myself. Well, Rachel and I are here to tell you this week that we've had some crisis fatigue. We all experience it at different levels all the time in our life. But right now, it's really been an overload of crisis.
1: You know, I was... um Talking to one of my friends the other day, and I was saying to her, you know, that hurricane season is starting where I live, and that I had this beef with God, that I should not have to handle a... Pandemic outbreak and a economy in distress and a meat shortage and Pier one going out <laughs> of business and an overly active hurricane season all at murder the same hornets. time um, <laughs> <laughs> Murder hornets, yes. Locust, the locusts are out this year. Like there's a meme that has been uh, uh going around on social media of you know, this woman, she's like leaning over with her hands on her knees, squinting like she's looking far off in the distance and she has a look of, you know, a stern look on her face and the meme just simply says looking outside to see which chapter of revelation we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know we're, we're laughing about
0: it, but it ju- I mean, you got to either laugh or crawl in a hole and be depressed. And I choose to laugh and say, "Okay, what my dad always said is true, especially in these moments when we're flat worn out." We with the news and everything that's going on around us. And he said, this too shall pass. And it's true. Everything in life is temporary. And right now, there's a whole lot of temporary things piled on top of each other. Yes. <laughs> so it feels like it's never going to end. But I want to wrap our, our conversation today around a verse that we all know. But sometimes we need to be reminded, and it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. And it simply says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rachel, in this day and time right now, we need to remember that he's asking us, hey, come on over here, I'm going to give you rest. But a lot of times, instead, we spend time spinning our own wheels, trying to figure out how we're going to make everything better.
1: That is one of my favorite verses and one of my favorite promises that Jesus makes. I can remember when I was in grad school. Grad school was um, a busy time for me. I worked full time for the university. And then, in addition to my full time work, I was taking graduate level classes part time and earning my master's degree. So I would work a full work day and then I would have classes from 6 to 10 p.m. And then I would have homework, papers, like 20 page papers I had to write. It was a super busy time. At that point in time, I was um, battling with fibromyalgia. I was having all kind of muscle pain that had started when my um, when my mom died, when I was an undergrad. I was in a brand new city. Uh, Rick and I had only been married a year before we went to grad school. So I had all these new things in my life. I had a super, super busy schedule. And I was fighting, you know, uh, muscle pain, which made everything harder, just constant low level pain. And so I embroidered a pillow. I say and I embroidered. That That makes you picture me sitting with a needle and thread. No, I used a sewing machine. It did the embroidering <laughs> in like three minutes, you know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't work on this for two weeks. Uh, so I used a sewing machine to embroider a pillow with that verse. That, And I just wrote on the pillow, come to me and I will give you rest. And I signed it Jesus with my sewing machine. Uh, Aww. And I put that throw pillow in... You know on on my on my bed and so that at the end of every exhausting day you know I would come into my room and there would be that promise and I definitely mm. banked on it and you know you know right now our nation happens to be going through a time of lots and lots of crises um, but any individual's life at any given point in time can become very busy and very overwhelming and multiple things can go wrong and you can you each of us are in crisis Fatigue at some point um, In our lives just right now we happen To be in it collectively
0: Mm, So true And it is things like embroidering your pillow or writing it down putting the promises of God on our mind all the time whether it's writing it in a journal putting it writing it in lipstick on your mirror whatever it takes putting it on your dashboard something that reminds you that hey I I see you I know that you're exhausted I know that you are Want to throw up your hands and say, "I give, Uncle, Uncle." <laughs> Did you ever do that? Where you, you, my brothers, used to put our arm behind our back and make us say, "Uncle." It's like the Christmas story. Uh huh. You know, it was like that was my life. You know, they would, and I would be like, "What." pleasure do you get out of doing this to your baby sister? Okay, uncle already. Uh And I feel like sometimes that's how life is. We just want to put our arms up and say, uncle, uncle, you win and I just need a break.
1: Yeah. Well, my brother was so diabolical that he would not twist my arm behind my back To the point where it would hurt And make me say uncle He would tickle me Until I could not breathe And if you have ever been (laughs) Tickled way past the point Of your comfort level But to the parents In the room next door I'm just laughing So I'm not Mm -hmm. So they just think we're playing I'm over here like about to die Of of tickled to death Um, (laughs) And my parents would Completely ignore it Because it sounded like We were having great fun (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I'm laughing in control of me <laughs> cannot breathe but um yeah, you do. You want to you want to say uncle. And that's what happens when you get crisis fatigue. And it's also, you know, uh, and you get to the point where you feel like you just throw your hands up in the air and you're you mm-hmm. just want to crawl under the covers and not come out because it feels like too much to handle. And you can also get, you, know, you can get crisis fatigue, which leads to adrenal fatigue because when we're when we're under crisis, our pituitary gland excretes stress hormones such as cortisol into our body. And that enables us to stand up and fight if we need to fight off an intruder um, or or something like that. But when the stress is something like a virus that you can't see. Or the stress is something like a job that you've lost. And now, how are you going to pay your mortgage? Or when the stress is something like you know news reports that constantly tell you there's murder hornets coming and there are hurricanes coming, and um, <laughs> then
0: bad news you, on the horizon. Yes,
1: and there is no way to fight that off. There's no way to fight off the the hurricane. Um, so uh, all that stress hormone and adrenaline is hitting your system and it has nowhere to go or no positive function to fulfill and it keeps hitting your system repeatedly because the crisis is never quite over and then our bodies become exhausted we learn we can't sleep because of the adrenaline that's in our system we gain weight um, our bone mass uh, starts to deteriorate when we have too much stress hormones in our systems for too long like it has a whole raft of health effects that come with it and so the task Mm -hmm. of our time is truly to figure out how to cope and de-stress we have to offload this stress and so that's one of the ways that we can do it is take God up on the promise. Come to me, everybody who is weary, and I will help you rest.
0: Well, a couple of things you just said there I want to highlight. Like one, I think you probably have been peeking in my home, maybe in my windows or something, because I have been getting up like three, four o'clock in the morning. You know I'm an early riser yes. anyway. but More like five, you know, though. Five, yeah. five. You do right. five. My... My body has been wide awake at three o'clock. Like, I'm gonna, okay, this is the time to conquer the world. And I'm like, no, no, no it's no, not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but the other thing that you said that makes all the sense in the world and sometimes we don't feel like we have permission to do it is you were mad at god you were having this conversation with him like no i don't want hurricanes on top of everything else i'm dealing with and we feel almost guilty to be upset about it or to ask god can i please just have a break can i just please rest Can I just please? And and we feel like, no, there's something I should be doing. And that's what you're talking about. When we're in that crisis mode, our body tells us, okay, fix it. You're in the mode to get it done and eliminate the problem. And so then we feel like we don't have the right to be upset with God or to ask him, can I please just rest?
1: Yes, I remember writing a devotion years and years and years ago called Gut Honest Prayers. Mm. And I believe the devotion was about uh, the book of Hosea. But also David the psalmist is an excellent example of this. You know, he just he just lays it out there. He just, like, tells God, you know, hey, can I just please murder my enemies? Because they're really, <laughs> like, can you just <laughs> wipe them out for me? Like, you know, which is anthony. Ethetical to, you know, love your enemies, but I love it. And, you know, he... God loves David Like he can handle Our gut honest prayers And honestly Before it ever comes Out of our mouth In in words It's already in our mind And in our heart And God already sees that So so it's there And he understands it And he can handle Our our gut honest prayers In that conversation With my friend When I said I'm going to have A beef with God um, I sort of said I said to her At the end of that I said You know He promised not to give me More than I could handle And she said back to me and this was a, a text conversation she said back to me i recently read that god did not promise that 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 statement is not in the bible that's what uh, that what he actually promised was to be there as a source of strength and a refuge when we're overwhelmed by all we're facing she says to me i was pretty dismayed at this i really wanted him to not ever give me more than i could handle and then she says can you and all of your devotional training please refute that <laughs> <laughs> she wanted me to tell her that it was. <laughs> so please, please tell me I'm wrong. Yes, th- this this was our this was our friend Mary Beth. By the way, you know who this was. Okay. So uh, mm-hmm. so then I wrote back to her. I said, um, no, the the you know what you what you read is correct mostly. Um, And I said, I was being tongue-in-cheek with the, hey, God said, you know, he wouldn't give me more than I can handle. Because I said, the verse that is in the Bible um, talks about temptations, not trials or tribulations. It says that God will not allow more temptation than we can bear without also giving us some way to endure it or escape it. So then she's like, what do you mean? I don't know what y'all will think of my example here. Don't judge me too hard. So I said... (laughs) I said, well, the verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God will be faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. So then I told her, so that verse is saying, uh, the verse is not saying that God will not allow a hurricane to hit during a pandemic while the economy is crashing. All of those and hornets and murder hornets are chasing you <laughs> as you run from your employer who just told you you're fired. God will absolutely allow all of that to happen um, because those are trials and troubles and tribulations. And He said, in this world, you will have troubles. This verse in first Corinthians 10 13 is saying, you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. So then she's like, What do you mean? So I'm like, Temptations are strong desires to sin. I said, So what this verse is saying is that I will never find Myself alone in a hotel room with brad pitt and he's dressed looking dapper in a tuxedo and he's Pouring me a glass of champagne and inviting me to kick off my shoes without there also being a Door in that room that i can walk out of she laughed <laughs> i'm like that's what it says i will not Allow temptation to be so strong that i won't also provide a way out of that and so right so Then i said you know uh, uh, more realistically uh because I don't think Being in a alone in a hotel room With Brad Pitt Pouring you champagne Is common to mankind And it said No temptation is befalled no. you That is common <laughs> to mankind But um, but the point is that Even though you might be In economic distress You might be losing your job There might be a temptation To cheat on your taxes now Or there might be a temptation To um, steal a little From your employer right now Who seems to have a lot or, or rob your neighbor Whatever it is Like you have the ability In Christ to survive A pandemic a crashing economy a hurricane all of that without sinning Mm -hmm. you have you have the ability to Mm -hmm. make it through this economic downturn without sinning i
0: love that and you're right he did tell us in this world we will have trouble not might we will but take heart i've overcome the world that's John 16:33 and I love that that's like the final verse in that chapter. And then very next chapter is when Jesus does what we need to do when we're feeling that. And I I don't I know that it's not by accident that it rolls right into the prayer chapter. Because John 17 is all about how Jesus prayed for himself, then he prayed for his friends, then he prayed for you and me, people that would come to know Christ through all the things that disciples were going to teach and preach about. And so that's you and me. And when we look at how Jesus said to handle this, look, I've given you these promises, and you can take them to the bank. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come to me. I want to give you rest. And here's how you can do it by putting these promises where you can see them. Maybe it's embroidered on a pillow like Rachel. Maybe it's putting them on index cards and making sure they're everywhere right now in the middle of your crisis. And then get on your knees and say, God, I'm upset right now and I need to pray for me and my mind and all the things that are tempting me because right now uh, my husband is on my last nerve. We've had way too much time together. Or right now, I don't know how I'm gonna pay the bills. And right now, I need to have my heart at rest and I cannot do it. I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I am stewing about the things. And you told me there's a way out and not to sin in the middle of all my turmoil. So when we do what Jesus did and we pray and say, God, I need you. This is this is bigger than me. And then turn your prayers to someone else i mean that's what he did he prayed to god for all the things he was about to face and then he turned and prayed for his friends and i rachel i don't know about you but i know that when i stop wallowing in what's happening to me and i start focusing on how can i help how can i help someone else who i see is in distress, and they're going through something right now, I, I can do something about that. When I start praying for them and I start helping them, all of a sudden
1: there's a lift in my spirit. You know what I mean? Well, sure, because you're able to do something concrete that makes a difference. And often when we are in crisis fatigue, it's because we're dealing with a bunch of things that we don't know how to fix. We don't, we we aren't able to fix the economy by ourselves We aren't able to fix, you know, race relations by ourselves We're not able to um, feed all the homeless of the world by ourselves So it can be very helpful um, and, and empowering and strengthening of your spirit To find something positive, tangible that you can do And do that thing and sort of know that you leave the those big huge issues on God's plate you do what you can and you trust him um, to manage the rest and I I
0: know too that it's it's a daily thing sometimes a moment by moment thing because it seems like just when I think okay we're gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine and we're going to get through this. And then I turn on the news or I pick up my phone and there's another text. And, and you know, I'm in real estate and I cannot tell you this has been the most bizarre time right now with so many odd, weird, crazy circumstances happening. And I know it's all stemming from... Everybody being in crisis mode. Mm -hmm. And so this is just, from a real estate point of view, I'm like, oh my goodness, every time I pick up the phone, there's another crazy crisis in addition to all the other crises. So I'm saying, it's not just, okay, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to do my devotions, I'm going to write in my journal, and then all is going to be well for the day. Mm -mm. When you're in crisis fatigue, it is a moment by moment by moment calling on Him, reminding ourselves who we are in Christ and that we are not doing this alone. And I have experienced it, and I know you have too, when we feel like we're kind of almost on a roller coaster because, okay, I got this, yep. Yes, Jesus, everything's going to be fine. I feel so much better after that, that verse you gave me today. And, you know, I'm prayed up and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to face today. And then,
1: bam. Two hours later.
0: Something else. (laughs) Two hours
1: later. I don't got this. Or two minutes later. I don't got this. I don't got this at all, Jesus. You got to help me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but isn't it, isn't it good to know that, We're all in the same boat. Like, we're not. Nobody's a super Christian, I promise you. Not Billy Graham, not Beth Moore, not Rachel, not Luann. No one has it all together. And we're all facing struggles and trials and crisis that we've never known before. Mm -hmm. And so okay, I'm going to cut you some slack, you cut me some slack. And I think that's what's missing. That's a missing piece right now. And when we're all struggling, it's so easy to be short-tempered and have a short fuse and lash out at the people we love the most.
1: Yeah, sin, sin in response to the stress that we're in. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's common. So yeah, I think the challenge of our our day for all of us is to actively figure out how to offload our stress. And it might be that you go for a run and exercise. It might be that you sit down and pour out all of your jumbled thoughts on a piece of paper in a prayer to God. It might be that you lay down and take a nap and let God give you sleep. It may be that you lo- look around and see what could I do to, to make a tangible difference? And you go and you help someone else. Um, any and all of the, it may just be that you do climb in the bubble bath and turn off the, t- the screens and the news and say, for the next 48 hours i'm giving my per- myself permission to not pay attention to the pandemic and the murder mm. hornets and the hurricane and i just need to try to reset so um mm. it's going to be different for each of us from from day to day but that's what we have to do is figure out how to offload that stress and allow jesus to give us rest
0: Absolutely. I love that advice. And I'm trying to do that. I know you're trying to do that. And even today, before I knew we were going to sit down and be around the table together, I was up at 3am with my crazy mind. And so I knew by the time I got ready to do this show with you, Rachel, I was going to be kind of tired. Because I felt that push from God this morning after doing my devotions and praying to him and saying Lord this is this is a crazy time and doing everything we just said and then went to serve someone else who had a need and I got back and I said okay now I don't know if I have enough left in me to encourage others and God brought this verse to my mind and said so come to me and rest and rachel i am gonna admit right now i took about a half an hour nap before we did this because i knew that god was going to use us to encourage others who are going through exactly this crisis fatigue we're talking about today so ladies i want to make sure that you understand that god gave us his word so that we could latch on and say there is nothing there is nothing that he's not going to walk through with me in the battle there's nothing we face there's nothing we're going to have experience with that is going to be bigger than our god and so do the things that rachel suggested find the thing that gives you rest find the thing that renews your spirit Maybe it's taking a nap, maybe it's serving someone else. Whatever it is, this week, I want to encourage you to do it so that you'll see God's hand working actively through your crisis. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today, an Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at EncouragementCafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.